0: The study followed just under 5,000 people from 1990 to 2000 and found that people who had the highest intake of vitamin K2, which you find in eggs and And cheese, cheese, had the lowest risk of arterial calcification and were the least likely to suffer or die from heart attack. Amazingly, the two most important dietary sources of vitamin K2 that they ate in the study were egg
1: yolks and cheese. I don't remember reading that in the health section of the paper, of the newspaper. Yeah.
0: we're back. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Mary Stockwell. And
1: I'm Dr. Jack.
0: And welcome back to the Forbidden Doctor podcast. This is episode 137. Higher cholesterol equals a longer, healthier life.
1: Yeah, you know, we apologize for being away for Four months.
0: Four months. Four I months. Think. Yeah. I mean,
1: who knew that writing this lengthy book that you've put together on melting breast lumps mm-hmm. could be so involved and take so much time?
0: Yeah, we've written two other books previously, but they were more like booklets. Yeah.
1: This this is a book. Yes, it is, and we are almost finished.
0: Yeah, it's almost sent off <clears> to the <throat> editor as we speak.
1: So. Yeah, but but we're back, and this one is a killer. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's about a killer. <laughs> That millions of uneducated Americans take every day. Most of what we do uh, regarding our health as we age is based on, well, it's based on fear and our surrender to that fear into the hands of those that we believe will deliver us from our fears. Mm -hmm. And it it seems to be the only way most of us can deal with that.
0: Yeah, but you know, many of us adults, we are more and more empowering ourselves with really well-researched information in order to make our own decisions about our health care and that of our families. And um, that's what we're going to bring to you today. Yeah.
1: Interestingly enough, uh, the more any of us examine the the multitudes of peer-reviewed research that's out there on our own, the more we realize that we have been sold as a nation down the river of a drug propaganda to the point where Modern medicine has become the largest killer of our species, exceeded only by malnutrition, that's represented by the ever increasing numbers of heart disease and cancer related deaths.
0: Yeah, so the mission of the Forbidden Doctor uh, we're bringing forbidden information into the light with volumes of peer reviewed research to back up our claims today. You're going to be blown away today. And this is all research you can read for yourself. All the links are on the bottom of the screens. And you can go look,
1: and and yeah, we, we, this this isn't supposition on our part. This no. is the result of a lot of research.
0: This is really important stuff. Mm. This can save a
1: lot of lives. So so there's no area of lifestyle, diet, uh, medical science that has been consistently more corrupted by the. Uh, Constantly discredited edicts, I would say, of so-called national health authorities. Mm. And it's echoed in both lay and professional media. Then the area of fats and oils and their, and their forms and, and their roles in, in our bodies. So from hydrogenated trans fats and the margarine product denials <laughs> to this ridiculous saturated fat hysteria that's going on. Um, the food dictocrats, these uh, false... Health authorities have consistently gotten it wrong through most of the 20th, now 21st centuries. Uh, Cholesterol-fighting drugs are now the top prescriptions, and you are the ultimate victims of this, I don't know what else to call it, but ignorance on steroids.
0: Yeah, so in this podcast, we will make the natural, historic, and truly scientific case for the necessary and essential fats and their forms required for human development and health. Just say no to false trends, phony science, dangerous drugs, and outright, outright yes. food frauds. I mean, take charge of your health. The future of healthcare arrived a long time ago, and we just need to catch up. Yes. Okay. Everybody read the disclaimer. And we're back to our forbidden <laughs> secrets they don't want you to know. These used to be our weekly... <laughs> things but we're now not doing these exactly weekly but these are the secret things they keep you f- keep from you the dumb things they tell you and the really important things they know nothing about mm. so these this was um posted uh, in a local paper here or local onri- online television 13. Yeah, 10 best heart healthy foods and this is just incredible here's what they say. Well,
1: it's the party line.
0: <laughs> yeah. That will get your heart healthy. And we've done many podcasts on heart healthy. And, you know, the number one thing they say is oats and barley. Yes. I mean, they do have salmon and fatty fish in here, which is really impressive. I just wish that that was first and then other, you know, animal foods. But they have oats and barley, salmon, dark leafy greens, nuts and seeds, beets, avocados, olive oil, legumes, low-fat dairy, low-fat dairy, can you believe this, and healthy foods of all types and colors. But the big thing they do is in the article is say, lower your salt and saturated fats. And this is just crazy-making. I mean, the oats and barley.
1: Uh, well, the, the re, you know, there's even a breakfast cereal yeah, out there. We won't, I'm not going to mention can't its Can't say name, the name. But it's made out of oats. And it <laughs> and says it's round, on the front of the round little holes yeah. floating in your milk in your pasteurized, you know, homogenized fat milk. And uh, it says on the front of the box, heart healthy. And the reason that it is is because oats and barley will have uh, this chemical substance called beta-glucans and that's particular to oats and barley. And beta-glucans, once it gets in the gut, uh, attaches itself to cholesterol so that it passes on out of the body. Oh,
0: and see, and they say that that's what you need to have less cholesterol in your body to have a healthy heart yeah, to have that's a healthy heart. that's the sum total of this article yeah is to get less cholesterol in your body which
1: the opposite well we're gonna that's what by the time this podcast is over with you're gonna know yeah now, what the latest research is showing you know
0: but and the, this beta glucan's If it does what they're claiming it does, taking the cholesterol out of the gut, that's not a... Dietary cholesterol. Dietary cholesterol that you eat, taking it out of the gut, that isn't a good thing. That is
1: not a reason to help your heart because you need that cholesterol. Well, the overwhelming majority of cholesterol is made by your liver. And the less well, cholesterol you eat, the more your liver's going to make. Well, we'll get to that. But what they're saying in this article is that you need to get
0: that nasty cholesterol out of that you ate out of your body, and oats will help you do that. Which, But but the, the good thing about oats is the protein that's in it. Dr. Roy Lee talked about how <laughs> oats can help you rebuild muscle because of the protein in it. Yeah, but,
1: oats have almost 20% protein.
0: Yeah, but they don't have a lot of fat. But regardless... The reason they're saying that to eat it for your heart
1: health is because it takes the cholesterol out of your body. And they never once in the article mentioned that the less you eat, the more your liver makes. <laughs> no. Oh, it's just, it just, it's just ridiculous. These are
0: the forbidden secrets <clears throat> that drive me crazy. And inside of the <clears throat> article, they have this National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute's DASH diet, which stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. Its premise is simple. Eat more veggies fruits, and low-fat dairy foods while cutting way back on any food high in saturated fat and limit your intake of salt.
1: I mean, this is a recipe for disaster. I mean, who, who's... Well, look at the the continuing number one killer in America. Wow. Ever since the, the war on heart disease, you know, 50 years ago, and the American Heart Association, and all of the effort and money and research that's come out of the NIH... Is that working heart for disease, you? It's still the number one killer. Why? Because they're not looking at the cause yeah. of heart disease. Just one of its symptoms.
0: Oh, so anyway, it, the, the, I was going to read parts of the article, but it's... Uh, it's yeah, it keeps saying to replace saturated fat with the nutrient-packed avocado a day, which does have good fat in it. I'm not saying it doesn't. Um, and then... Then we talked a lot of, when we were discussing this, the legumes, the soluble fiber, binds to extra LDL cholesterol in your body and deposits, disposes it in the form of waste. Um, That's, again, scary to me, that they're trying to get rid of cholesterol out of your body. You know, legumes contain no cholesterol and are only about 3% fat. Unless they're prepared with fat or lard or other unhealthy fats, as it says in
1: there. Yeah, if you're going to cook beans, that's fine. It's a good source of protein. Cook it in broth. <laughs> cook it in animal broth. <laughs> but meat they, broth.
0: they say the opposite in this article. <laughs> <right>. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and make sure that you rinse the excess salt off before consuming. And then, of course, um, load... It's just d- the standard
1: propaganda. Yeah, it just drives that's me produced crazy. produced by Big Pharma yeah. and Big Food.
0: Okay. Um, and it smacks and, and right then up quote, in the
1: face of research.
0: And then they say this, quote, Dairy products contain a high amount of saturated fat, so be sure to choose low-fat products. And then it says saturated fat has been known to increase LDL cholesterol. I mean, I, well, we'll go on. Okay, we'll move on because I'm not going to even look at anything more I wrote there. Okay, let's go to the next one. This one I threw in at the last minute. Um, this is an immunologist. She admits that babies are only vaccinated to train parents during the first year, during the first year of life. A PhD immunologist and vaccine proponent admitted during a conference involving healthcare professionals that babies are only given shots up to the age, up to age one in order to train the parents to get their children into the medical system and that vaccines are completely worthless the first year because a baby doesn't make its own antibodies.
1: No, uh, not until they're about 12 to 14 months does their body start to make its so he, own antibodies.
0: Here she responded to questions. So the question was, so the science seems fairly clear that for the first year of life, probably that the immunization is not stimulating the kind of response we expect it to stimulate. And the immunologist says, true. Then the next question, so what's the rationale for continuing to do that if it's not going doing what it's supposed to be doing? The answer... She says the vaccines are given at pediatric wellness visits. And the idea is that you are training the parent to bring their child in at all the pediatric wellness visits and that it's only the year visit that actually is truly important. But that for most parents, but that for most parents, you are not going to get them to bring their kids in if they don't come in at two months, four months and six months. And so it's actually more of a training thing. It's interesting. I was on the phone with somebody, doesn't say, county health public or county public health person last week. And one of their vaccine nurses, she was like, oh, you're talking about vaccines. Make sure you tell them that they have to do that year shot because the first three, the two, the four and the six month shots don't work. And I was like, yeah, I know. Laughter, laughter. Ha ha. Well, let's just go ahead and put aluminum into our baby and, and formaldehyde and stem cells and everything else for the whole first year of their life and disrupt the microbiome, which in my opinion is maybe the most important thing the first year of life, and it doesn't even work.
1: Okay, I'll calm down now. All right, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Let's begin our podcast.
1: All right. So this was, um, this was a story in our local news, mm-hmm. uh, again, talking about Salt Lake City area. We have a bit of a connection with it.
0: Yeah, and that it's a Utah obstetrician, and he, by all intents and purposes, seems like the most wonderful person on the face of the earth. I mean, he, one, year, one month, delivered uh, how many babies? It like, was over 60. Yeah, 60 or something. was lesser months were like 40 yeah. babies. I mean, he delivered a lot of babies. Well, this is the doctor that took care of my niece. Her name is Mary also. It's really cool. And there she is, and delivered her triplets. And she has a great story. She said when he was 30, when she was 32 weeks along, which is really far with triplets, um, and she said she couldn't stand being pregnant one more hour. She was wheeled into his office and he got down on his knees to honor her because she was, he was so proud of her keeping the babies in there that long.
1: Yeah, these are the type of people we want to save from heart attacks.
0: Yeah. So this this doctor sounds like a wonderful, wonderful man. He seemed to be doing everything right. He swam every day. He biked. In fact, he was on a 30-mile bike ride when his heart blew out. So the question is, was he on statins? Well, the horrible thing about our health care privacy... We- we will never know if he was. We are not to be trusted with this information. If we were, Big Pharma would be exposed, and we as citizens and patients would make the connection that drugs, especially drugs like statins,
1: kill. Now, this man's dying was simply a tragedy. Just
0: a tragedy. And these, these are the type of men and women that I want to keep alive. Well, sure. So this is the forbidden information we want to get out. Another lady that wants to get out this information is a cardiologist
1: yeah I mentioned this on uh, the national radio show here a week or so ago
0: yeah yeah this is this was the article this, you yeah this is Dr.
1: Barbara Roberts has produced a book um, the truth about statins there it is the truth about and statins. she says this we have a saying in medicine if you torture the data long enough, it will confess to anything <laughs> I mean, it seems like every time the mainstream media reports some new change to health guidelines, there's another whole uh, recruit of people, cohort, I I think I should say, is suddenly considered in this unhealthy class. And um, because every time they lower the numbers, oh, there's another 50 million people that qualify. And nowhere is this pattern seen more prominently than in the heart health industry. I mean, after all, cardiovascular disease, as I said earlier, the number one killer in America, killing uh, well over 600,000 people last year alone. Wow. And in 1998, uh, around 29 million Americans became overweight overnight. They didn't even know it (laughs) because the new body mass index, the BMI, standardized by the National Institute of Health, came out. So suddenly there were almost 30 million Americans that were suddenly obese. Considered. They weren't obese the day before. Now they're obese including because Including athletes. Yeah. yeah, including some athletes. And then in 2013, the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology published these new cholesterol guidelines that increase the number of people who could be offered statin drugs by the tens of millions. Ooh. And, <clears throat> and, of course, money. a study came out that same year challenging those new calculators. And then just early this year, The American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology, again, playing with the numbers, um, uh, have lowered what constitutes hypertension, your high blood pressure. And now the readings they're considering. Now, a year ago, I saw I I, I reported research in a podcast that said the new research said anything under 150 over 95, they didn't worry about. Now, just now, of course, a a lot of people stop their heart medication. So earlier this year. The, uh, they came back out and they changed it to 130 over 80. If you have 130 over 80, you're characterized as having high blood pressure. I mean, this is insane.
0: They, weren't, they didn't last year,
1: though. No, they weren't last year, but yeah. now they're suddenly hypertensive. They
0: okay, I get it.
1: So, <laughs> you know, the, the American Heart Association is mainly responsible for these changes. Uh, I think we ought to circle back to the 2013, the one that determined that many Americans uh, were then at risk with their cholesterol should be placed on statins. Yeah,
0: because that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: the car- this cardiologist who wrote this book, uh, Dr. Barbara Roberts, has had plenty to say about these changes. And he has even authored the book, The Truth About Statins, The Risk and Alternatives to uh, Cholesterol-Lowering Drugs. Now, she's the director. Now, she's not just, you, you know, someone walking around on the street looking for attention. You're run-of-the-mill cardiologist. Yeah, she's the director of the Women's Cardiac Center at the Merriam Hospital and associate clinical professor of medicine at the Alpert Medical School of Brown University. So, she teaches cardiologists. She teaches this stuff.
0: Yeah, she teaches doctors. Yeah. So, she doesn't mince her words when it comes to the new cholesterol guidelines recently published by the A- AHA. Um, that millions of healthy Americans should now start taking statins.
1: Uh, She She says. She said, oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, go right there. The new
1: guidelines are based on shoddy science and misinterpretation of the data, she told um, in this interview. This is a gift to big pharma, she says. The American Heart Association has become little more than a propaganda arm of big pharma and big food, and it's a disgrace. Expanding the number, I'm still quoting, Expanding the number of healthy people who take statins by the tens of millions, she says, is going to reap a holocaust of adverse effects.
0: And then the interviewer says, holocaust? Isn't that too strong a word to use? No, she says. Wow. She said, I will stand by that. For example, we may see upwards of more than a quarter million new cases of diabetes as a result. At a minimum, about 10% of new users of statins will suffer serious muscle side effects. We will see increased instances of cognitive dysfunction because of these statins, nerve damage, liver damage, and an increased risk of kidney injury. Nobody's life is going to be extended with statins. Nobody's life is going to be saved by having healthy people take statins. And to make matters worse, she said most doctors would not even read the entire 85-page guideline and that it was up to people, us, you forbidden, you know, all you people out there to to become informed patients because most people believe statins are innocuous. Yes. They don't hurt a thing.
1: An op-ed in the New York Times Excuse me, written by John Abramson, a Harvard Medical School lecturer, and Rita Redberg, Dr. Rita Redberg. A cardiologist. Yes, at the University of California, San Francisco. An editor of JAMA's Internal Medicine magazine said the same thing. People who have less than a 20% risk of getting heart disease in the next 10 years, statins not only fail to reduce the risk of death, but also fail to even reduce the risk of serious illness. Um, She says 140 people in this risk group would need to be treated with statins in order to prevent a single heart attack or stroke without any overall reduction in death or serious illness.
0: And on a social level, Dr. Roberts demands these changes. We need to stop subsidizing the production of corn and soy, which are the ingredients in many of the unhealthy foods that are foistered on people. We need to try to limit the advertising to children of unhealthy food products such as Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> uh, anyway um, she says I, she wishes doctors hadn't swallowed the Kool-Aid I would be happy to talk with them and give them my perspective that the use of statins is not supported by the medical literature we really don't know the truth about statins the reason I say that is because we know that a lot of studies that are undertaken never get published in fact 29% of studies so doctors aren't reading these no. we're not reading <clears throat> these they're not out there Industry-sponsored clinical trials are four times more likely to report positive results. Now, did you catch that? Industry positive. So people that make the drugs, that get the report, that do the studies and get the reports, they're four times more likely to, to have positive results than non-industry, in other words, third-party sponsored clinical trials.
1: I yeah, mean, so that's just immoral. There could be lots of studies that show statins are not efficacious whatsoever that we don't know about because they never get published.
0: Yeah. Well, here is a study that got published. (laughs) Um, This this is an article written about a study um, from Rogue Health and Fitness that older people with high cholesterol live longer. This was sent to us by a podcast listener. Thank you very much. High cholesterol among older people is associated with longer lives. This is a study done in Japan, and it looked at 3,090 adults aged 60 and up in the Swedish National Study on Aging and Care. So.
1: What's, uh, what's really important here?
0: <clears throat> well, oh, go ahead if you want to read that up there.
1: Oh, mortality is highest in the lowest cholesterol group without exception.
0: Oh, well, I was going to read from the beginning. Overall, an inverse trend is found in Japan between all-cause mortality, that's people dying of everything, Mm -hmm. and total low and total. What does that mean? Or low-density lipoprotein cholesterol levels. Okay. So So everybody died... When they had lower cholesterol, mortality is highest in the lowest cholesterol group
1: without exception. Right. So if you're looking at that graph, that far left thin line <clears throat> is uh, you look underneath of it and it shows you, I think it's less than 160. Yeah. The cholesterol less than 160 has the highest, highest death incidence rate. of all cause mortality. All cause mortality is used quite a bit in medical studies because it means dying of anything.
0: Anything. Falling off a cliff because you couldn't think right because your cholesterol
1: was so Falling low. Falling off a ladder because you lost your balance because your brain wasn't working correctly. Driving down the freeway and having a small little tiny heart attack because your heart isn't working correctly. And you drive off the road and, and hit the, the, the overpass or something like that. Anything. Cancer, diabetes. Exactly. All-cause mortality Murder. was much <laughs> higher and p- you bet murder. Yeah,
0: I'm sure that's the study that was done on all those people incarcerated. Their I mean, cholesterol at, was very, very low. Yeah,
1: you look at all these school shootings. Every single one of them is involved with uh, antidepressive drugs. Every one of them. And why? Antidepressive Why, why drugs, are they on antidepressive drugs? <clears throat> I suspect because they're eating the standard American diet that leads to... Their mother ate
0: the standard American diet.
1: <laughs> during their gestation.
0: hmm their, then they had a bad microbiome. They couldn't create the serotonin, the dopamine, the endorphins, and everything else that keeps a person healthy and happy and living life where they don't want to go shoot people
1: up. And out. then the new fad out there to eat low-cholesterol foods Yeah, lowers it even less. The
0: veganism, the vegetarianism, yeah. So we're not feeding our brains. So um, here's another quote. Compared to normal cholesterol, uh, lots of little numbers here, and high total cholesterol were associated with a decreased risk of all-cause mortality with the multiple adjusted hazard ratio was mainly due to the reduced risk of non-cardiovascular mortality. These associations were statistically evident only among individuals without use of cholesterol-lowering drugs. So yes. that's, they did the study on, with people without using cholesterol-lowering drugs.
1: Right, And then the because two- that, w- that, would, that would skew the study. Yeah they wanted they wanted to check people who had low cholesterol in the first place as opposed to higher cholesterol in this study and they found out that people who had lower cholesterol for whatever reason mm-hmm. were more prone to all cause more to dying of any reason more so than those who had higher cholesterol i guess that's the conclusion yeah Do the in, the inverse association between high total cholesterol and reduced all cause mortality in older adults is primarily due to non-cardiovascular mortality, especially among those who are not treated with cholesterol-lowering drugs. So ruling out heart attacks, every other reason that you could die, the lower your cholesterol, the higher your, your your chances of dying for any of those reasons.
0: So conclusion, a number of studies found that at least in people older than 60, high cholesterol is associated with lower death rates. So we believe the answer is very simple. For the side for the side defending this so-called cholesterol theory, the amount of money at stake is too much to lose the number The number
1: one selling drug on the planet, statins. Billions and billions and billions a year. And they're not about to give up that market, yeah. regardless of what the science shows.
0: So with so much evidence against it, the cholesterol theory still has so much traction. So to quote the authors, you know, too much money is at stake. Yep. And here is another article by Weston A. Price Foundation.
1: Yeah, a lot of you are familiar with westonaprice.org. We highly recommend that as a source of uh, nutritional information.
0: And they say, not content with $16 billion in yearly sales, the statin industry is aiming to rope in er even more patients.
1: Yes, and this is from JAMA, the Journal of Medical Association Internal Medicine, back in 2014, all, four, four whole years ago.
0: 97% of women age 66 to 75 and 100% of men qualify for statins. Yeah. Whoa. Not content with $16 billion a year. Yeah. And here is a study published in Toxicology found evidence that statins degrade the extracellular matrix of the tendons leading to tendon rupture. And another um, study found that statins cause disruptions leading to breast cancer.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll, get into, <clears throat> we'll get into more of this as we go along here, what you can expect from this.
0: Yeah. So here is...
1: Rufy. Rufy Ravenskov. Rufy.
0: Who names their kid
1: Rufy? Rufy. Well...
0: Uh, hey, Rufy. <laughs>
1: you know, some I parents, parents okay. want to wait. Rufy. Some parents want to wait until the child is born before they give him a name.
0: (laughs) It must mean something in Russian.
1: They they looked at him and said...
0: Yeah. Well, he's an MD and a PhD. Yes. And he's one of the cardiologists to the astronauts. Yes. And he wrote this book called The Cholesterol Myth. So...
1: And here, uh, people... And this article um, that he's published here, People with High Cholesterol Live the Longest... And just that, this statement seems so incredible that it takes a long time to clear one's brainwashed mind to fully understand its importance. Yet the fact that people with high cholesterol live the longest. And then we're going to show you a couple of studies here that go with that.
0: Okay. And also consider, for instance, the findings by a Dr. Harlan Krumholtz of the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine at Yale University, who reported that old people with low cholesterol died twice as often from a heart attack as did old people with high cholesterol.
1: Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why we're doing this is to get this information out. People with high cholesterol live the longest. For some people, I mean, that would be tantamount to, to, you know, declaring that the earth is flat (laughs) and mean it when you say it. I mean, it's a very shocking statement, and yet the literature and the research are overwhelming when it comes to proving this vital point that cholesterol is absolutely essential to a healthy body, mind, and spirit. So in the research we're going to post here, uh, the the conclusions are beyond argument. The higher your cholesterol numbers, the longer you're going to live with good health, and interestingly enough, your chances, as we pointed out in the previous studies, accidental death are uh, fewer, as high cholesterol in the research we show leads to less all-cause mortality. So we've got a couple of research articles here for you.
0: Okay, just a couple. You pulled this up in your office and showed this to patients because when I put this podcast together, you were so shocked at all the research that shows the high cholesterol is so critical to health. Yeah, one of them was Jared,
1: a younger guy, who's involved in an aspect of healthcare industry. I said, Jared, come here, look at us. <laughs> and he said, he says, yeah, yeah, there's a few of them. Oh, oh, here we mean, go. There's another one. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and you look at some of these things here. You look at these titles and they're not, they're full, they're, oh, there's another page. Hi- high
0: cholesterol may protect us against infections and atherosclerosis. There's just some of them. Um, there's another page. Oh, lack of association between cholesterol and coronary heart disease mortality and morbidity and all-cause mortality in persons older than 70 years. Oh, there's another page of a whole bunch of more, whole bunch more.
1: Yeah, oh, here, right. There's another page. Right, uh, low admission LDL cholesterol is associated with increased three-year all-cause mortality in patients with non-ST segment elevation myocardial infarction. In other words, when their EKG showed a certain thing. If they had low LDL uh, when they were admitted to the hospital because of some event, they had an increased three-year all-cause mortality event that could take place. So they had a three-year. Three-year increase in the chance of all-cause mortality if they showed up with low LDL. That's so scary, and that's of course that's what medication's supposed to do for you is okay. to give you low LDL.
0: Now here is another incredible article. Oh, it's not. I, <laughs> it is so not an incredible article. This is from the New York Times. Just found this. This is really new. I'm weighing the pros and cons of statins. Well, as you know, the New York Times is, you know, probably supported by big pharma with all the advertising and everything, because this article does not show any cons of statins. It only shows pros. This lady that wrote this. There were 666 comments the last time I checked. This screen shows 614. And not any of them that I read. I read almost 500 comments because the article is just stupid. The article is just a big ad for statins. All That's right. all it is. And I and I read these and there were there were no there were no positive comments like people writing in as, oh, man, you know, my dad died of heart attacks. And, you know, I'm still alive at 102 and I've been taking sentence for 40 years. No, they wrote in and wrote the most horrible
1: reasons well, let's read, for
0: not taking let's the read some of these.
1: And these are directly from the New York Times. Yeah,
0: I just cut and pasted these. Just some of the 661 comments. Cholesterol is essential to life. It metabolizes about 25 steroids and it fights inflammation throughout the body. Half of it is used in the brain where it protects neural... Neuron, neuronal, neuronal, neuronal connections, neural connections, of course. Yet there seems to be no studies related to the effects of cholesterol deprivation. Yes, statins kill liver, liver enzymes, which produce cholesterol, thereby depriving the body of essential protection. This is not a side effect. It is the central effect of statins. It is poorly understood. The consequences of taking statins are many muscle pain and weakness, type two diabetes, Parkinson's disease, and even progressive Supernuclear palsy one person in my family not a blood relative is 72 and dying of psp because of his father's premature death due to heart attack he was put on a high dose of statin for about 15 years i had a long talk with him before he lost the ability to speak and i'm convinced that the cholesterol deprivation causes the irreversible disease i know it sounds strange but cholesterol is good for you on the other hand Progressively tightened LDL norms are good for big pharma companies. In other words, saying that your, L, your, your number should be way, way down.
1: Yes. Yeah. Big so. pharma, $35 billion a year worth of good. Wow. Here's, I'm a 64-year-old pharmacist with 42 years experience working in the hospital setting. Think he'd know something in that position. Yeah. My opinion, for what it's worth, echoes that of Seinfeld's Cosmo Kramer <laughs> when discussing motion-powered carpet sweepers, quote, Statins are the biggest scam perpetrated on the American public since one hour martinizing.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I put these in. These are actual comments from people. This is a 42-year-old experienced pharmacist. And he's just like, yep. oh,
1: says It's the it's biggest, biggest scam
0: perpetrated on the American public.
1: Another one. I tried several statins and all produced such fatigue I needed help getting out of bed and suffered miserable cramp-like pains in various parts of my body. I tried red yeast rice and had similar, though less severe, symptoms. Every single immediate family member has had high cholesterol. My father lived to be 97, Mm -hmm. and my mother, a very heavy smoker, died at 88. Mm. I have decided to rely on genes, (laughs) not statins. (laughs) Yes,
0: think long and hard before taking a statin for primary prevention. We have no system except self-reporting for adverse effects, and they're hugely underreported. Your doctor isn't required to report and almost never does. On top of this, there's a cadre of statin believers slash pushers who suppress and dismiss the side effects that get reported. I didn't have to click on the Lancet link to guess that this would be Rory Collins' show proselyting, um, of compliance. Take your statins. That's the author of the New York Times article. Merck has contributed two, $217.5 million to Collins' cholesterol treatment trialist collaboration. Wow. Yes, Merck, the Zocar comp, Zocor company, the generic form, the generic of which simvastatin, which is what I took for seven months, I had no warning at all what could happen to me. First, incipient foot cramps, then tightening of tendons, then a snapped tendon, torn shoulder and hip... What's that, Jack?
1: Labrums. Labrums. That's the thing that holds the joint together the the thing that surrounds the hip
0: okay blood clot and finally waking up in the night screaming both legs like blocks of wood from the knees down now why why wouldn't your doctor want to warn you about the early signs well as he says at the beginning they're not reported because the end of the story is some kind of neuromuscular disease with huge myopathy you can see photos at statinvictims.com i know four other people personally who got a neuromuscular disease within a year of starting a statin. Also, once more, also one more who died. This isn't a one in a million, as my doctor said. It's simply underreported or unreported.
1: I developed shooting pains in both of my feet and ankles. For over two years, I suffered with the pain. My primary doctor sent me to a podiatrist, an orthopedic, a chiropractor. I wore custom orthotics, and then I wore a custom medical boot on one leg. Nothing worked. One day, my primary said, gee, maybe it's the Lipitor. <laughs> I stopped taking the Lipitor and within six weeks the pain vanished. I never took Lipitor again. Oh, so scary. And then even this RN finds it's hard, hard, awfully hard to trust the evidence when we find out that oops, trans fats, which were supposed to be the miracle replacement for real animal fats like butter, and cure our heart disease was actually causing the problems. And oops, it's actually inflammation that causes heart disease, not fat and cholesterol. Yet they still sell cholesterol-lowering drugs to us by the millions of dollars per year. And Now, this her testimony continues there. This is anecdotal. Because she's an RN, so she,
0: you know, wants the science. But But I
1: watched my mother-in-law go on statins, develop type 2 diabetes, eat only those fats and sugars that were fake, and go on to develop dementia by her mid-70s. But her cholesterol came down. (laughs) She died of Alzheimer's, not stroke or heart attack.
0: Wow. Julie says, my mother, 82, had been on statins for 20 years. After a very active life, spent golfing, skiing, and daily multiple-mile walks year-round, she began a slow but steady decline in her physical activity that began at about 70. Eventually, at about 80, she was nearly housebound, complaining of debilitating weakness and frailty and excruciating leg cramps and restless leg syndrome. Her cholesterol had been moderately controlled by Lipitor, and she assumed her decline in vitality was the expected decline of old age. At 70, Jack, you're yes. 67. So after reading an article about Lipitor side effects, she decided with her rheumatoid support to, rheumatologist. Take, rheumatologist support to take a break from Lipitor, her cardiologist opposed it. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: It's been two years. Her strength has dramatically improved, including her activity levels, and her cholesterol is a little higher, but not much, which is unfortunate. Unfortunately, she gave up golf a decade ago and feels it's been too long to go back. She now regrets the quality of life she gave up for, theoretically, a longer life.
1: Yeah, and when you said unfortunately, you, you mean unfortunately it didn't go a lot higher. Yes. Yes.
0: That's too bad. She would okay. live longer and better and healthier with a higher cholesterol.
1: I took a statin for the first time. A few days later, I could not stand up. I had to be helped to the car and held up by someone in order to walk a very short distance. I am very fit. Doctors were perplexed. A nurse asked me if I was taking a statin, and I told her I just started. She said that's why I was having terrible muscle weakness in my legs that was causing the problem. The doctor walked into the office and chuckled at the idea. I stopped taking the statin. In a few days, my legs recovered, and I was able to walk again.
0: Wow. At 55, I'm 56. My cholesterol level was quite high. There's a history of heart attacks in my family. When my doctor suggested a statin drug, I went along. Now, I'm going to stop here because what he thinks is quite high is only because <coughs> the, the the AMAHA came out and said, Oh, now this is really high. He doesn't state with his now cholesterol. They,
1: they want people under 150 now. Oh, it, you can't even think. And I've had a couple patients tell me, Mary, that their doctor said, I want you under 100 that, now that's malpractice. Yeah, I, mean, I, just, I just kind of... First
0: do no harm stuff. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see my cholesterol here in a minute. I'm going to show you all my test results, so it's kind of exciting. But I, he doesn't say what his cholesterol was quite high at. It probably was like 230 or something. Anyway, within a month, my personality changed from easygoing guy to argumentative and difficult. After six months, my wife told me I had become impossible and suggested that my personality had changed not long after I got on the statins. I angrily accused her of wanting me to die in order to claim life (laughs) insurance. She said, just listen to how crazy you sound. This is nuts. I replied, I'll show you how crazy I'm not. And I went off the statins to prove my case. Within three weeks, I was back to normal. When I described this to my doctor, he said, nonsense. That side effect is extremely rare. So I went back on the statins. A few weeks later, my son asked me, Dad, have you gone back on that get angry drug? You're shouting at me for no reason. I don't even want to start a conversation with you anymore. I began to cut the pills in half. It helped. Then I stopped completely. My personality again returned to normal. Then I tried a sequence of different types of statins, always with the same results. In the space of a few weeks, I'd go from friendly Mr. or Dr. Jekyll to mean old Mr. Hyde. I'll never take them again. I'd rather die of a heart attack than be the person I became while on statins.
1: My goodness. Now,
0: he's not going to die of a heart attack because of going off the statins,
1: which we will show you. The author conveniently ignores the fact that statins increase the likelihood of type 2 diabetes at a statistically significant rate of increase, meaning lots of people on statins (laughs) who previously did not have type 2 diabetes now have it. Now have it. Now you have a population that's taking both statins and a medication. The pharmaceutical industry is happy. The doctors getting money for recommending these medications are happy, and the patient is worse off. From a person in Virginia. Wow. I want you to say, uh, Jack. I want you to tell your story.
0: Hey, Jack, you got something to say about this? Um, and <laughs> getting the personality change with not going well, on statins. <laughs> Come on. Confess. You haven't told anybody this. You told one VIP
1: member. Uh, uh, Several months ago, uh, a fellow came into the office and he was considerably thinner than he used to be. And I said, what are you doing? He says, well, you know, I I was I was in the hospital because I had some exploratory surgery being done. And um, I don't know what it was for, but and uh, they wanted to put me on a bunch of drugs and while I was lying there on the gurney after having come out of some exploratory surgery, uh, the orderly walked up to me. who was supposed to be taking me to another room. And he said, um, you want to lose weight? And the guy said, well, that's kind of why I'm here. He says, well, I want you to get this book called The Potato Hack. And... Um, I don't want to make this too long, honey. Yeah, you got to speed it up. You may have to interrupt uh, me here. uh, uh, There's a book out there called The Potato Hack, H-A-C-K. You can get it on the Internet. And it's losing weight through eating nothing but potatoes. When people were starving and all they had to eat was potatoes. Yes. Well, back around the Civil War, the potato diet was very popular in America to help people lose weight. And I thought, oh, this is kind of a novelty. I'll try it. I was kind of bored with what I was doing anyway. But over the next (laughs) month, I lost 30 pounds. Yeah, wait a little little side thing here. I did it for three days, and I got
0: the worst yeast infection, or infection, but over infestation, growth, whatever I've I've had for I, that I can remember. Yeah, because you were in a lot of discomfort. all those, all those. Well, I every morning carbs, I got up, I'd lost another. It pound. fed the candida in me. I don't I don't yeah. know what it is, and well, it's and the if the you want to contact me. On the side, I'll tell you how I got rid of that yeast infection because it worked really, really well.
1: Well, in any event, but every, I went off of it, and you continued morning, on I, it. Every morning, every morning I woke up, I was a pound less.
0: So he was a happy boy. Oh,
1: hey, this is great. I lost. You didn't
0: think about losing muscle.
1: <laughs> I lost thirty pounds. Lost fat. I also lost my personality. Yeah, I almost divorced him like three times. I remember sitting there in the there in the bed, getting at night, getting ready to go to bed to read something. and You and you, I don't know what I said. But apparently it was something I had been saying over several days.
0: You were not reasonable. That's what it was. Your brain wasn't working. You I couldn't reason with you. It was very weird. It was like, are you kidding me? You you can't really be this unreasonable. I just want to have a discussion
1: here. And you said divorce. Yeah. You look to me in divorce and I'm looking at you like, like are you out of your mind? If we
0: can't have fun here, you know, if we can't have fun, I mean, no, but you said you had a hard time concentrating on. Oh,
1: well, I, I work was not fun anymore. I was barking at some of the employees. I was short with with patients. I used to spend a lot of time (laughs) with, but I didn't. Hey, but you lost uh, weight. But I lost weight. (laughs) It was worth it. And you said you had a hard time thinking, too. I had a hard time thinking. I was up several times a night. Uh, I was not going into REM sleep. All my dreams disappeared. All these little things crept in without me putting them all together in one.
0: Now, could you imagine you went off fat and protein significantly? Can you imagine... A statin on top of that. People, even lower. people that are told to eat ve- ve- vegetarian, you know, eight vegetables servings of vegetables a day, and that's the right way. And then they take a statin on top of on it. On top of
1: it, yeah. So I gave it up, and I went to a very high fat diet. <clears throat> I would say. And I fell in love with him again. Sixty-five to seventy-five percent fat. Oh. Lots of lots of eggs, uh, lots of cheese, lots of cream, uh, lots of fatty meats. I don't think out, I out cut had out the carbs. Cut out the carbs completely. The potatoes, butter on everything, butter in everything, butter around everything, and within less than a week,
0: you you noticed it within two or three days. Oh yeah, and you stopped getting up at night. You went into REM sleep.
1: Yeah, I started dreaming like there was no tomorrow,
0: and I fell back in love with you. So don't. So we're still do together. That. Yeah, can you so imagine? We're still like that, like so that. Wife it. and that boy said about their. I think it was that last Good. one. All right. No, so,
1: this the one before that. We're going to talk some more Uh-oh. about this.
0: i got to go through these again. Just a minute.
1: And this is just a sampling <laughs> of 10.
0: Oh, and I need to tell you, there were some... Um, there were people of these 661 comments. There were people that were confused. They weren't all negative. There were people that are confused. And my doctor told me to go on these. I don't know what's going on. Why is it 661 comments? This is a lot of comments, but everyone I read, there was no positive. There was the majority of them. I mean, nine tenths of them were negative. It's like, no, don't go on these. Um, some weren't written very well. There was one positive one was from an MD, not a cardiologist, just an MD, Um, I guess he was just a general practitioner because he didn't say he was a cardiologist, which I'm sure he would have. But he said um, he thought they were positive. He thought they were useful. But he must not have read all the data, all the studies, all the ones that we saw. So that's a lot of comments. You can go find that article yourself and read it. It's very depressing. All right. Okay. Here is another article. It's a very long article, but incredible. There's the um, URL at the bottom. Um, These are just some of the side effects they talk about with um, statins, muscle pain, Mm -hmm. weakness, neuropathy, heart failure, heart failure,
1: (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's one thing to have big toe failure. (laughs) It's another thing to have heart failure. Okay. Dizziness, cognitive impairment,
0: ta-da, and you didn't even go on a statin, cancer, pancreatitis, Ooh, not a good thing. And, of course, depression. Um, and then um, are there... Oops, I went the wrong way. Are there any benefits? Most doctors are convinced and seek to convince their patients that the benefits of statin drugs far outweigh the side effects. They can cite a number of studies in which statins, statin use has lowered the number, the number of coronary deaths compared to controls. But, as Dr. Ravskoff has pointed out in his book, The Cholesterol Myth the results of the major studies generally showed only small differences. And these differences were often statistically insignificant and independent of the amount of cholesterol lowering achieved in two studies, more deaths occurred in the treatment group compared to controls. He found an equal number of cardiovascular deaths in the treatment and control groups and a greater number of total deaths in the
1: treatment group. So I want to say something here about being statistically insignificant. <clears throat> You'll, you can see uh, something that will come across the uh, 24-7 news programs on TV or your local news channel, and they'll say, oh, a new study published that uh, this particular cholesterol-lowering drug was proven to be 35% more effective than the previous tests or something like that. And what you don't find, unless you go read the study, mm-hmm. you find out that there was a very small amount of people Oh, like 10 people in oh, the study? Oh, 10 people that were in the study oh. group, 10 people in the placebo, the control group, that were getting a placebo. So 35%. 10 people in the treatment group. Yeah. And what they did is they would do the LDL and HDL and just a complete lipid panel. Before they used the drug, they'd use the drug over a six to eight week period, and then they would do a follow-up one. And out of the 10 people that were in the treatment group, uh, three of them got maybe a 5% reduction in but because it was 3 because it was 3 out of it 10, was 30% more effective in the reduction of cholesterol well, that must but be, they never told you anything else unless you go read the study well that must be what Dr. Ravskoff
0: says is they, they generally showed only small differences and these differences were often statistically insignificant yes. so most doctors are convinced and seek to convince her patients that the benefits of statin drugs far outweigh the side effects. But doc, this doctor says they are statistically insignificant yes. and actually found studies that the total deaths were higher in the treatment
1: And as a part group. of this study, this little... Uh,
0: Here's a, res, a picture in the a recent ad for Lipitor, and it implies that cholesterol lowering is for everyone, even slim young women. However, in this mind, the fine print, we read that Lipitor has not been shown to prevent heart disease or heart attacks. So if the makers of Lipitor need to provide this disclaimer after millions of dollars invested in studies, why should anyone risk side effects taking their Yeah, so their drug? to
1: just reemphasize this.
0: Because the side effects as we went through. This was an
1: ad looking for people for a Lipitor study. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the ad, if you bothered to read the whole thing, Lipitor has not been shown to prevent heart disease or heart attacks. So they're not selling Lipitor to lower heart disease or heart attack risk. They're selling Lipitor to lower cholesterol, which it will do. It will do. Definitely
0: will do that, which is a very, very bad thing. So why would – if you're trying to take Lipitor to prevent a heart attack or stroke or whatever – why would you risk the side effects when they're saying right there, it doesn't do that? Yeah. Because the side effects are, are horrific. That PSP just scared me to death. Yeah.
1: Progressive supranuclear palsy. Yeah. It's just a slow breakdown of your ability to walk, cognition, several other things. It's like Alzheimer's for the entire body, not just the brain. Oh. Now, huh? that's not completely true, but I think that's the... It, it, what happens to the brain as far as cognitive thought in dementia or Alzheimer's, uh, the, the same thing can happen throughout the rest of the body. In the body's slow loss of balance, the slow loss of motor control, the slow onset of vertigo. Well
0: Parkinson's is bad enough. And it, yeah, I mean, that's it's, right it's there. It's not
1: completely unrelated to Parkinson's.
0: Yeah. I had a patient that was newly diagnosed <clears throat> with... I didn't have a patient. Our clinic has a patient that I was counseling with that had just been recently diagnosed with Parkinson's, went home. I, of course, put him on gaps, went home, started making the gaps. Within five days, the shaking had stopped in his yes. hand. Yep. Getting that, that fat in there. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: So what does the liver produce? The liver. We know the liver has been identified in producing over 600 functions inside the body, which is obviously one of the reasons why you can't live without it. But here's four of the most important ones. Coagulation factors, uh, so that your body can clot properly using fibrin and platelets. The factors that allow that to happen are made in the liver. Uh, the bottom left there, bile. Uh, your gallbladder does not make bile. Your gallbladder just holds on to it to when your body needs a good dose of it. But the bile is actually made inside the liver. Uh, amino acids. Amino acids. You're, you're, there are about eight or nine, depending on what school you went to, essential amino acids that must come through in your diet. The rest of them, your body makes out of essential or out of non-essential aminos, But your that's liver makes. taking place in the liver, and the liver sends those things out into the bloodstream, and the whatever cells need them, pick them up. And then cholesterol, your bo- your liver makes cholesterol. Why in the world would your liver make such a deadly, dangerous
0: mm, compound? That that thing that causes heart attacks. Yes. And-
1: Because cholesterol is absolutely essential to life.
0: Since we cannot possibly eat enough cholesterol to use for our body's daily functions, our bodies make their own. When we eat more foods rich in this compound, our bodies make less. If we deprive ourselves of foods high in cholesterol, such as eggs, butter, and liver, there's a picture of liver up there, Yep, our body revs up its cholesterol synthesis. The end result is that for most of us, eating foods high in cholesterol has very little impact on our blood cholesterol levels.
1: That's right. So the reason that they use statin drugs is to is they they tell you stop eating foods with cholesterol and take this drug, which will force your liver to stop making it. Uh, there's over 50 hormones that have cholesterol as a base that stops. Oh. Uh, muscle function is dependent upon cholesterol, so something called rhabdomyolysis will show up. That's where all the muscle pain comes from.
0: Your white blood cells, your immune, your immune stops
1: working the, well. Yeah, your white blood cells that attack the invader are dependent upon cholesterol being present. Uh, the brain, of course, is mostly cholesterol. Just that, uh, and it, the list goes on and on and on. But it's a great way to make money. It's a great way to scare people and to make some money.
0: Thirty-five billion a year. Yep. Okay. So we can learn some things from, Nat- from Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride from her excellent book called Put Your Heart Where Your Mouth Is. She says, when it comes to fats, when we analyze the biochemical composition of human fat in your own body, and fat is a structural element in your body, every organ inside your body is sitting in a bed of fat, hard fat, a thick bed of saturated fat.
1: Now, I remember in um, uh, the first two years of chiropractic college is the same as the first two years of med school. It's how the body's put together and how it works. And we we have the same gross lab that you got in med school. You've got the cadavers. you got the prosections. You've got the new bodies coming in that have got to be dissected. And and the thing that I always found amazing is that in Iowa, where I went to school, and different states have different laws regarding People who die on the street, you know, abandoned people, homeless Mm -hmm. people, unidentified people. They have to hold on to the bodies for 30 days or 60 days in in deep refrigeration uh, before they can dispose of them if they're not claimed. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there are those people who donate their bodies to science. Uh, What what I found amazing is that the the bodies, the the, the, uh, cadavers that we would prepare that came in from homeless people that were never able to be identified uh, that were essentially emaciated because they just, you know, they just died of malnutrition. Just malnutrition, just horrible malnutrition for months on the street. What amazed me was how much fat was in the body, even though the body didn't look fat. The heart was surrounded by fat, the liver was surrounded, the kidneys, just oh, the major organs had this thick, layer of fat that surrounded these organs.
0: And as Dr. McBride continues, she says your heart is sitting in its own energy stores because the heart derives its energy from the fat almost exclusively and it's all inter- and all its energy stores are right there. The heart is sitting in this bed of a thick layer of hard Saturated fat.
1: Yeah, and it's not just the uh, it's not just the heart, your liver, your intestines, your spleen. All your organs are sitting in this visceral fat. That's in that they're they're buried. They're absolutely buried, wrapped up in this fat. And this fact, this fat acts as a as an immediate energy source as well as helps the organs to maintain temperature regulation. Ooh, and the, I not know that. But the important thing <clears throat> is that this is structural fat. So when we eat animal fat. It goes to the structure of our body. It Ah. doesn't go to your thighs. The fat that builds up on your butt, that builds up on your thighs, that builds up on your belly, that fat is coming from a high sugar intake, a high sugar diet. Because any sugar that you eat that is not immediately consumed by the body for energy is immediately converted into fat, stored as
0: fat. Yeah, the simplistic idea that eating fat makes you fat is actually just the opposite. the yeah. animal fats go into the structure of your body, and these these fats they're essential because of their composition. Other than the, you know the the avocado fat and the other fat the from from vegetables that you can get, there the fat. In the meats and the butter and the eggs and the fish, their biochemical composition is very similar to the composition of our own human fat and our own bodies. And it's very digestible. It's readily available. In fact, it's the easiest to digest. And, and it enables you to build your physical structure and to build the physical structure of our
1: entire body. So, yeah, so when you look at the composition of saturated, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, essential fatties, all these different kinds of fats that are in the human body, you find that same basic composition in mammals. In animal fat. Now, when animal you get meats. to the fat in plants... In plants. The vegetable oils, they are completely inappropriate for human physiology. The fats and the oils that are in a vegetable are wonderful for a plant and a vegetable. But they have a totally different composition in the way their bodies are put together compared to a mammal body. The
0: cellulose protein, yeah. Um, And they also overload us with certain fatty acids, and they don't provide us, the vegetables don't provide us with other fatty acids that are essential for the human body. Yeah. So we live in a world of fat phobia. Completely. Yeah. Created by commercial interests and funded by their research and fat constitutes a large portion of our bodily structure and functions. So this is why every health problem can be linked to abnormalities, abnormalities in fat consumption. So lots of unnatural fats like vegetable oils and deficiencies in natural animal fats. So Make sure you stick to the natural animal fats and make sure you get plenty of them. We don't, on the other hand, suffer from a deficiency of vegetables. No. no.
1: Yeah. I see what your problem is. You need more cherry tomatoes. Yes. Uh, You you don't hear that kind
0: of stuff. No. In contrast... The next slide we're going to show you shows how far off base the powers that be, the people that trust to, we trust to guide us, are from that of Dr. McBride and what she has just explained to us. The influence of Big Farmer and Big Food is so pervasive that even the most influential international organizations have come under their spell.
1: Yeah, here's a, here's a report that was listed in Consumer Reports.
0: From the World Health Organization. Yeah,
1: eat eat less saturated and trans fat, World Health Organization says. This
0: article states that too much saturated fat in your diet can raise the risk of heart disease and will clog your arteries. So I'm going to ask you a question here. Yeah, there's the URL. You can go look at it if you'd like, but. Let, let me ask you a question. Set some butter outside for just a little while on a warm day, and what happens? It's going to melt. It melts. So what do you think happens in your body when you eat that fat, you eat some butter, and your body is 98.7 degrees with a core temperature of 103 degrees? Yeah, your
1: heart is running at 103. Your liver and kidneys are running at 103 degrees. What do you think happens to butter yeah. at that temperature? Just
0: use some common sense. Is that g- butter going to clog your arteries? I mean, in the most simplistic way.
1: And yeah. they use this stupid analogy that somehow when you eat that greasy hamburger, that fat's going to go right in the bloodstream, and, and then that big old ball of hamburger fat <laughs> is going to plug an artery. You know, the, I don't know where they, where they were the day they taught digestive physiology, but that's utterly nonsense.
0: And the World Health Organization says this, to eat less saturated fat. Now, I agree with them on the trans fats. <clears throat> that's wonderful. They're saying that, but... Uh. Okay, I have to move on. Here is another story: Vitamin K2 in eggs and cheese protects us from coronary heart disease. Um, this is an incredible. Um, vitamin K-dependent proteins, including this matrix glia protein, have been shown to inhibit vascular
1: calcification. Okay, this Ooh. is the Rotterdam study. There's a lot of thousands of people that were involved with this thing, and what they found out is that uh, a a particular protein that you find in eggs and cheese inhibits the calcification of arteries in the heart. In other words, it stops the buildup of calcification inside the heart. And where did they get it? From lima beans and rutabagas? No. 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 Eggs and cheese. Eggs and cheese. Um,
0: There's an incredibly important role that vitamin K2 from eggs and cheese plays in protecting us against heart disease. Plaques are much more likely to rupture when they accumulate calcium deposits, which makes them fragile. Yes. Vitamin K is the single most important nutrient that prevents our arteries from accumulating these calcium deposits. K2. Excuse me, vitamin K2. Vitamin K, because it occurs in two forms. K1 is found in leafy greens. And
1: that's what gives the body's uh, blood ability to clot.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, vitamin K2 is found in animal fats and fermented foods. So when we eat leafy greens, the vitamin K1 has an easy time making it to our liver where we use it to make proteins that regulate, as we showed, the blood clotting and... yes. You know, everything else, the cholesterol. But it has a diff- vitamin K1 has a difficult time making it to our blood vessels, where we use it to make a special protein that protects our blood vessels from calcification.
1: So when we eat animal fats or fermented foods, the vitamin K2 does a great job getting into the blood vessels. Reaching the blood vessels. And thereby, it helps us to protect our blood vessels from calcification. So this
0: groundbreaking study that elucidated the importance of egg yolks was called the Rottingham Study. Rotterdam. Rotterdam Study. The study followed just under 5,000 people from 1990 to 2000 and found that people who had the highest intake of vitamin K2, which you find in eggs and, and cheese. cheese, had the lowest risk of arterial calcification and were the least likely to suffer or die from heart attack. Amazingly, the two most important dietary sources of vitamin K2 That they ate in the study were egg yolks and cheese. I don't
1: remember reading that in the health section of the paper, of the newspaper.
0: Yeah. These findings suggest that an adequate intake of vitamin K2, menaquinone could be important for coronary heart disease prevention. Amazing. Pretty invention. Um, Let's see. And then we need to understand not all egg yolks are created equal. Um, thankfully, a pretty good indicator of the K2 content of an egg yolk is the color of the yolk. Yes. Yeah. Chickens obtain vitamin K1 from the grass they eat. Remember the leafy greens? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and the chickens that we then eat and their eggs convert a portion of it to vitamin K2, which they put into the yolk. The reason K one in the grass, the reason K one is in the grass in the first place, is because it plays an essential role in photosynthesis. Yes. So does beta carotene, which imparts a yellow or orange color to the yolk. The more rapidly growing grass that a hen eats, the more beta carotene will accumulate in the yolk to make it a deeper yellow or even an orange color. And the more K one will be converted into K two, which helps us with the coronary heart disease, and deposited in the yolk.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of people who have backyard chicken coops now or they have access to chickens who are allowed to eat the diet that nature intended for chickens to eat. And you can get a commercial egg from the grocery store and you get a pale yellow looking yolk. Mm -hmm. You get some of these eggs that came out of the backyard or from a farm and they are as orange as a harvest moon because they're loaded with beta carotene and K2.
0: So the incredible edible egg yolk comparing a pasture raised chicken egg to a commercial egg. So, testings confirm that true free-range eggs are far more nutritious than commercially raised eggs, likely due to the differences in diet between free-range, pastured hens, and commercially farmed hens. In one egg testing project, Mother Earth News compared the official U.S. Department of Agriculture d- nutrient data for commercial eggs with the eggs from hens raised on pastures and found that the pastured eggs typically contain... Two to three times more vitamin A, two times more omega-3, three times more vitamin E, and seven times more beta carotene. So if you're purchasing your eggs from a supermarket, be aware that labels can be very deceptive. The definitions of free range can be such that the commercial egg industry can run industrial farm egg laying facilities and still call them free range. There's
1: pictures of those on the Internet where you see these huge, big buildings and the chickens are running free inside, out, <laughs> out of the sun, inside around free, these dirt floors in the before cage. Before they're herded back into their cage <laughs> to lay an egg. Yeah. So, despite that fact,
0: the bird foraging conditions are far from what you would call natural. Birds, the
1: chickens need to be eating bugs, worms, grass, herbs, dead flesh, that's, all the that's kinds growing grass, and that's where chickens get the nutrition that they pack into these eggs. Yeah.
0: Okay, so choline is the single most important nutrient needed to protect against fatty liver disease.
1: Fatty liver disease was used to be uh, prominent among alcoholics because when they would take in more alcohol than their body could use for fuel, it got converted to fat, and because that conversion happened in the liver, the liver would build up all these tremendous amounts of fat in and at and around the liver itself. But now we're finding a huge increase in fatty liver disease among people who don't drink alcohol. Yeah. And so we bring up this choline that we find in the yolk of an egg Mm -hmm. is the single most important nutrient needed to protect against fatty liver disease. As it says here, researchers in the field currently believe that about 70 million Americans have fatty liver disease, most of whom don't know it. Well, if they don't know it, is it a problem? Yeah, it begins to cause the liver to be somewhat dysfunctional. Because as pressure builds, as the uh, complexity of the liver's production begins to be altered a bit, there will be all kinds of symptoms that start to show up.
0: Yeah. Well, recently, too, I was in a Whole Foods in L.A. with my daughter at the dairy section. Oh, this
1: is a great story.
0: And this lady hurriedly came up behind us. She was really agitated. Uh, She pushed right between us, and she could have easily gone around us. But she grabbed a carton of... Wait for it. Wait for it. She grabbed a carton, a carton of egg whites. Who knew this stuff was even available? No yolk. Egg whites and runs off. She wasn't nice. She wasn't apologetic. She didn't speak a word to us. She just kind of grunted and pushed between us and... You know, of course, I don't know what's going on with that day in her life or anything that was going on. So I'm not judging her. But the shock of having her buy, even having available egg whites in a carton just stopped me in my tracks. I mean, egg whites are good for you, especially when they're raw. They perform the best chelation of heavy metals known to man. But who eats just egg whites out of a carton, nonetheless, without the fat-saving food, the choline, the K2? Who buys eggs Half of eggs in cartons. So you have to ask, could that be why she was kind of crazily Crazy. rude? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, was her so. brain starving? Certainly her endocrine system will starve without good saturated animal fats such as those that are in yolks. And besides the beneficial fat, um, the egg yolks also have vitamin A, D, K, E, folate, B, folate B12, and choline. But egg whites do not. There's a study that experimental animals develop fatty liver disease if they consume large amounts of sugar, alcohol, or fat. But in every single case, the fatty liver disease disappears if extra choline is added to the diet. Hmm. Altogether, the evidence suggested that we have an epidemic of fatty liver disease that egg yolks could play a major role in reversing. But we're so
1: scared of saturated fat. Yeah, the the brainwashing of America about saturated fats has reached epidemic levels as far as the side effects of what saturated fats provide the body with if you don't get them. Yeah. All
0: right. So, animal experiments suggest that choline is also among the most powerful weapon we have to protect ourselves from age-related declines in cognitive function. When pregnant rats... Now, rats don't have the same physiology, but still. They're close. They're mammals. When pregnant rats consume three times their minimal requirements of choline, they give birth to pups that have a 30% better visual, spatial, and auditory memory across their entire lifespan. They grow old without becoming senile. Ooh. They have a greater ability to multitask, and they have lower rates of interference memory which is the type of memory problems you have when you forget where you parked your car because yes. you parked your car so many times before in different places and the memories are all just all jumbled together. Right. So egg yolks are unparalleled in their supply of choline. A 100-gram serving of egg yolks contain 683 milligrams of choline, which is 10 times more choline than even the most nutrient-dense vegetables like broccoli and Brussels sprouts have in them. Only liver with 30 to 400, 300 to 400 milligrams of choline per 100 grams comes close. So, Dr. McBride said this. Those familiar with old medical literature will tell you that until the discovery of antibiotics, a common cure for tuberculosis was a daily mixture of raw egg yolks and fresh cream. Why are you showing
1: eggs with milkshakes? Because. Because.
0: Because. Let's just move to the next slide. Eggs should be eaten raw, according to Dr. McCullough. So as we've talked about ad nauseum on these podcasts, add a raw egg to your shakes. So Dr. Mercola goes on to say, eggs are so good for you that you can easily eat one dozen eggs per week, which is actually a simple and cost-effective way to add valuable nutrition to your diet, provided you cook them properly or, more aptly, don't cook them. Mm -hmm. The proper way to consume eggs, provided they come from a high-quality source, is to not cook them at all. So thus, our raw egg shake recipe. And I've redone it. It's for my new book that's coming out. And I've redone the egg shake. It's the same stuff inside. It's just prettier now, and it has a little disclaimer on there. But it's important to consume egg yolks that are only lightly cooked, as the heat will damage many of the highly perishable nutrients in the yolk. Yeah, so some
1: people will only eat eggs if they're well scrambled Mm -hmm. or if they're over hard. Mm -hmm. Most of the nutrient of that egg has been destroyed by the time you do that. Yeah. So additionally, the cholesterol that's in the yolk can be oxidized with the high temperatures, especially when it's in contact with the iron that's present in the whites. So as I was saying, with scrambled eggs or, or eggs that are fried over hard, the oxidation, will contrib- the, uh, the oxidation that occurs to the nutrients in that egg will contribute to the chronic inflammation in the body. So uh, fried scrambled eggs. Uh, are one of the worst ways to prepare an egg if you want to be healthy. So there there again
0: is our new raw egg shake recipe. You will get it when you buy my new book. Although you can screenshot it if you want. Yes. But,
1: okay. So uh, we put this, Mary put this uh, table together here of saturated fats, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, showing the percentages of saturated fat that is present in these foods.
0: Yeah, this is going to be in our,
1: <clears throat> my book too. Yeah. And any naturally occurring fat always has a combination of mono, poly, and saturated. And, but they're classified according to the dominant fat that's present. So you say coconut oil is a saturated fat. It is the most saturated fat on the planet. And most people think lard is a saturated fat, but it
0: actually has a little bit
1: more. It's mostly mono unsaturated.
0: Yeah, it's, not just, it's just a little bit more, actually. It's got a lot of saturated fat, well, 41% in it. But, um, and then cottonseed oil... You know, has a lot of polyunsaturated fat. But all of them have all of those things in it.
1: Yeah, but the the far right side, polyunsaturated, every one of those things is liquid at room temperature. Yeah. On the far left, every one of those things are solid yeah. at room temperature. So
0: l- let me give you an example of how strong and protective saturated fat is. Yeah. Okay, you remember the playing the game Red Rover, Red Rover, send Billy right over. Oh, sure. You know, you all lock arms, sure. you stand there on Who two doesn't? sides of the field and and then you pick somebody to send over, and they come over and they try to bust through those arms. They try to bust through to the other side. Um, but everybody's holding tight and strong, and hopefully the person will be stopped, and that's how you win the game. Okay, So you can think of saturated fat in that way. It's a bunch of people holding arms, like a big, strong family, holding their arms together, and it's saturated. Okay? It's and strong. it only
1: opens up. When they decide to open up, you can't come busting through. It's what a saturated fat in the body is. It's a very stable, strong fat that's designed, as we said, protect organs, temperature regulation, and a supply of energy for structural rebuilding, also of the body, the cell walls, everything. The, the, The major use of cholesterol in the body is for the wall of the cell. Oh, do we want to do that? Do
0: we want to rebuild our cell walls? Hmm. Hmm. We want those stem cells to develop into a beautiful, strong, healthy cell.
1: So, in other words, it's strong against oxygen. Yes.
0: Saturated fat does not let oxygen break through. In other words, there's no oxidation. So, in the game, Red Rover, not only was everybody impervious to penetrating forces they held the line. It, they were strong and not susceptible to rupture or breakdown. There were no no holes.
1: And so now let's compare it to an unsaturated polyunsaturated rover. rover red rover.
0: Yeah. The lines would have holes in it or obvious weak points where arms were not interlocked as well and co- they 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 could collapse you know when the line when somebody came crashing through the monounsaturated would have one hole the polyunsaturated would have two and sometimes up to six these holes aren't really holes they're double bonds um, the the scientific term for it and um, and they're they're it's when they're in close contact with other bonds they become very susceptible to an attack by oxygen particularly when they're cooked or heated, allowing oxidation and degradation of the holes.
1: That's why oh, the, you would never, oils. ever fry anything in that far right column. Ever,
0: never. ever, 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 ever. And what do you, when you go in a restaurant and say, what do you fry your fries in, your deep fried chicken wings? What, what do you fry them in? Well,
1: almost every time you've done that, I the do it food server says, I don't know. Or they go, it's a
0: vegetable oil. It's, know, it's canola, canola oil. oil. It's good for you. It's got the word vegetable in it. So, even oils advertised as no trans fats will become trans fats when yeah. heated, and trans fats lead to serious tissue inflammation and never-ending ulcer inside your arteries. And that leads that is what leads to strokes and heart attacks. Yeah,
1: why why are we
0: Not so concerned about this fat. stuff?
1: Well, for that very reason. The monounsaturated some of those if they get heated they're they're dangerous. Uh, but all the polyunsaturated, when they get heated, they're very dangerous. They oxidize. Oxidized oils cause inflammation to the walls of the bloodstream. Yeah. And then those constant uh, inflammatory conditions is what ends up leading to um, serious plaquing, the atherosclerosis. Yeah.
0: Well, you could go into that deeper, but we are, we're kind of running out of time here. Oh, we are. I right. want to move to, real quickly, these are my laboratory reports. Um um, the, this, this, these are my blood tests and you see my cholesterol there is 283 wow. and it's high. Oh, no, Mary. <laughs> oh Cholesterol is a blood lipid fat which has, been, which has a direct correlation with the chances of developing coronary heart disease, they say. Um, uh, then my high density lipoprotein, which is not high at all, the, this is the good cholesterol, they say, is 77. It's supposed to be between 35 and 85. Oh, no, it is good. It's because it's on the high end.
1: Yes, you want HDL to be high. Yeah,
0: for what they're thinking. Yeah. And then tr- triglycerides are between 93 and uh, high would be... Uh, and you're kind of low Yeah. on l- your triglycerides. A lot low on that.
1: Which is free fats floating through the bloodstream.
0: Yeah, when, when they took this slice of time, this moment in yeah. time from my blood, who knows what I had eaten, you know, I don't know. I ate a lot of fats, but... And then my cholesterol... HGL ratio. This is what killed me here. This is what, it says the lower the ratio, and mine is really low. See, it's 3.64, between 0 and 6. So mine's like right in the middle. But the lower the ratio, the lower the risk of coronary heart disease. So up above, they're saying, oh, my cholesterol is so high that I'm going to have, I have a risk of developing coronary heart disease. But then below, they say, oh, wait, wait, your ratio is really good. So... You have a lower risk of developing coronary heart disease, but look how they scare you in that first one. Yeah. I mean, you know, they don't well, go, that's the oh, by the way, line. if it's high, don't worry. That's because just the standard line. I know, but see, they should say that in this t- the, the test guide column. They should say, hey, well, you know, your, your cholesterol is too high for what we think, but hey, your cholesterol
1: ratio. Yeah, because your HDL was high.
0: My HDL is high. My, um, the triglycerides were low. low. Very, very low. And the cholesterol ratio was pretty perfect. It's where you
1: take your total cholesterol and divide it by the HDL and the higher the HDL, which is what it's supposed to be, the lower the ratio is going to be, the better indicator that you are of a lower risk of coronary yeah. artery disease. It's a bunch of jumbly Yeah. Cook, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because your cholesterol should be what your cholesterol is. That's right. Yeah. If you need, if you, if you have wounds in your body, you need high LDL because you need to have that healing fat brought to that wound in the body. And then the HDL will bring away the the um you know, all the the debris. the debris and take it out through the liver. So whatever it is is what it is. But what they're trying to say is it's because you ate that saturated. So fat. what we
1: want to know is why is the HDL. Okay, the so L- cholesterol. Huh? Oh by the way,
0: I just want to show you. They told me they, they thought I was a male up there. That was great. I thought that was funny. They said my prostate You're not. Yeah. They <laughs> they, they they said something about my prostate. It was hilarious. Anyway, but they gave me a million dollars. In life insurance, now why would they do that? They With gave high cholesterol of two hundred eighty-three.
1: Well, this but is where the ask. actuaries come in. Yes, and the actuaries—I uh, take care of a couple of actuaries. Interesting people, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Great personalities. Yes. Like that. yes, yes, yeah. But they what They're they do is they people. study statistics, mm-hmm. and they they run numbers like there are numbers for which you didn't even know there were numbers. All kinds of problems, relationships, associations. And they run these things, and they run these things, and they come up with predictability standards. And when they looked at your numbers, oh heavens, you could you could probably insure her for five million. She's not going to die, not yeah. with numbers like this.
0: Yeah. And I got this ten years ago, and my cholesterol was a little bit lower than it was two sixty something. And they got they said we'd insure me for two point three million yeah. or something. But anyway, we had to renew it, and I, you got a million dollars on me. So, but the actuary thought, oh, she's a good risk, yeah. even though my cholesterol the is at 283. Like yes. So those of you out there listening, don't worry about your cholesterol. Okay, I want to tell you about a good friend I had when I lived in Las Vegas before I met you. This is about 25 years ago. Um, she found out. She went to the doctor. Came back and she says my cholesterol is really high. It was two twenty-five. And I remember I was so afraid she was going to die. I love this mm. lady. Uh, I, I just thought, oh no. I'm. And so she went two twenty-five. Two twenty-five. So she went on a low-fat, no salt, more salads, less meat diet, and, and a statin, and as her pro- husband probably did too. He just barely died of a heart attack, um, taking care of her as. My wonderful friend has severe Alzheimer's yeah.
1: now. No heart disease. Oh yeah, but severe. And Alzheimer's. if she
0: had a choice, I'm sure she would have rather died than to have severe Alzheimer. So you have to understand, people won't eat food that tastes like cardboard. So when you tell them to go off all dietary fats, they will eat what? Sugar. Place sugar. sugar sugar. And I'm sure that's what my friend did. You look
1: at any food in the grocery store that says low fat, look at the food ingredients. It's high carbohydrates, high sugar.
0: Yeah. So she probably went ate, obviously no fat, tried to eat no fat. And now she has severe Alzheimer's, just breaks my heart. So anyway, when you do a lipid panel, you're measuring the amounts of LDL, HDL, triglycerides, and total cholesterol. Remember, triglycerides are fats, but these Fats are the storage form of all the carbohydrates you have consumed.
1: So The, the more n- carbohydrates you eat, the higher your triglycerides are going to yeah. be.
0: The number one job of insulin is to convert the carbs you eat that you do not immediately need to, for, to fat for storage. It's the triglycerides that keeps you from starving at night when you sleep, when all the carbohydrates from dinner have been used up. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's why you don't, st- you know, if you, even yeah. if you eat early... And you go to bed with somewhat of an empty stomach. You the reason you don't starve to death during the night is all the triglycerides floating through the bloodstream. Yeah, and how, I mean, how many of you could not eat for 12 hours during the day? I mean, literally. Unless you're doing the... Or 10 uh,
0: hours, 8 hours. Yeah. I mean, you you would be hungry and miserable and horrible. Why don't you die... Every night of, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, I'm starving, go out and raid the kitchen. Well, some people do, but they probably don't have high triglycerides in their bloodstream. Yeah. So that's what keeps you alive during the night. A couple okay. more
1: studies and we're done.
0: Okay. Here's a fatty um, acid composition of vegetable oils and its contribution to dietary intake and dependence of cardiovascular mortality on dietary, dietary intake of fatty acids. Whew, that's long. Um, Here's something from it. Lipids are considered one of the most elemental nutrients for humans.
1: Lipids meaning all fats. All fats. Fats are absolutely the most elemental nutrient for for us. And when we do things that change uh, the fat makeup inside of our body or in our diets, this is what it's talking about here. It may lead to disruption of signaling networks and could be associated with some pathological states such as cancer cardiovascular, neurodegenerative, and metabolic diseases, and similarly with inflammatory complications. In other words, you start fooling around with lipid metabolism, which is exactly what a statin does. These are the things that you could face.
0: Yeah, they're fundamental mediators of multiple signaling pathways, and they're also indispensable compounds of cell membranes, lipids, fats. Any kinds of changes can result. Yeah, that's what you read. Okay. And then here's another little piece from it. Um, essential fatty acids have been considered as functional food and nutraceuticals. A lot of research studies have documented their significant roles in many biochemical pathways, resulting in cardioprotective effect because of their considerable anti atherogenic
1: Genic. In other words, uh, these essential fatty acids, acids stop Stop atherosclerosis. And antithrombotic, they stop blood clots in the heart. They're anti-inflammatory. They stop inflammation. They're anti-arrhythmic. In other words, they stop arrhythmia inside the heart. Uh, and they con- they feed the hypolipidemic effect. In other words, if you have too low of fat uh, content in the blood, that's a serious problem yeah. in and of itself. There you go. Essential fatty acids help to mediate that situation. And then it says, because of the potential of reducing the risk of serious diseases, especially cardiovascular diseases, cancer, osteoporosis, diabetes, and other health promotion activities following from their complex influence on the concentrations of lipoproteins, fluidity of biological membranes that you talk about in your book with the the moistness of a cell Mm -hmm. wall, function of membrane enzymes and receptors, modulation of eicosanoid production, uh, which has an awful lot to do with uh, pain regulation, blood pressure regulation, and finally on the metabolism of minerals. EPA. All of those things, are uh, uh, essential fatty acids are necessary for.
0: And EPA and DHA have also been associated with the protection against mental disorders like Alzheimer's disease, aging and dementia, chronic daily headaches, and with attention deficit hyperactivity disorders in children. Okay. yeah, this this is
1: we talked about this book in a previous one. I Mm -hmm. think Cholesterol is King, a Mm -hmm. previous podcast. Uh, Nina Teicholz, uh, The Big Fat Surprise. Twenty five percent of this book is research, all of her research citations. And the British Medical Journal, who published her work, uh, they were pressure was brought to bear against them to retract their peer investigation of her work. Uh, Because they said this, that the U.S. dietary guidelines have ignored vast amounts of rigorous scientific evidence on key issues such as saturated fats and low-carbohydrate diets. And the British Medical Journal, to their credit, said, no, no, we're not going to retract it. No, because they've ignored. She was so well including in her uh, research citations that who's going to argue with her? You can't. You can't argue with the research. So she also showed
0: how the creator of the hypothesis that you know high cholesterol causes heart disease yeah. ignored evidence showing that sugar and other carbohydrates are far more likely causes of heart disease. Low-fat diets can be lethal. She shows why people should go back to the way they used to eat before epidemics of obesity and diabetes took hold. Which
1: is about the time I was born, 1950, which is about the time... That the fat heart diet hypothesis showed up. So sad. Yep.
0: Okay, let's recap here. Higher cholesterol equals longer, healthier life. This, is, this recap is taken from Ufi <laughs> Ravnaskoff's <laughs> book. Cholesterol is not a deadly poison, but a substance vital to your cell health. Many, many studies show high cholesterol does not cause heart disease nor atherosclerosis. Your body liver, your body, your liver, produces three to four
1: times more cholesterol than you eat. Yeah, the only approved way to lower cholesterol is with drugs. These scientific facts have never been told to the public. And the reason why laymen, doctors, and most scientists have been misled is because it is opposing and disagreeing results that are systematically ignored or misquoted in the scientific press.
0: Wow. So they don't they don't do any deep study.
1: Yeah, they don't go they don't go past what's in the press, and the press is not telling them the truth. Yeah.
0: So older people with high cholesterol live longer. There is a high probability statins can cause Ooh,
1: type two diabetes and other metabolic diseases, Alzheimer's because you're robbing the brain of fat, cancer, cardiovascular disease, neurodegenerative disease because of the myelin sheath is all fat, mm. Parkinson's disease, and progressive supranuclear palsy that yeah. we talked about. Chronic daily high, le- high uh, headaches, muscle weakness and muscle pain, and,
0: and ADHD in children. I want to know who would be giving statins to a child? A madman. And yet they do. Okay.
1: Well, they give uh, 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 acid uh, reducers to newborn babies. I know,
0: I know. You go. The nuts, insanity is nuts everywhere. It's insane. Okay, so then we gave the analogy of the ambulance going to the scene of an accident. That's the LDL, bringing the healing fats to the scene of an accident. And then the, um, the HDL goes and gets the broken bodies and brings them back to the liver to be, or the
1: hospital yeah, to so be. so which one's the bad ambulance?
0: Yeah, is the LDL bad because... It's healing? Yeah, that's like calling an ambulance on the way to an accident, the bad ambulance. And then the ambulance bringing the broken bodies back to the hospital, the good ambulance. It's ridiculous. So you will live longer with less. Have we said this enough? You will live longer with less disease, having high cholesterol. High LDL is not the issue. The reason you have high LDL is the issue. So you have to stop the sugars, which cause the never-ending ulcers in your body. So the reason you have high LDL is the issue. Toxins block your liver. Oh, we didn't talk much about this, but I read a bunch of stuff. Toxins block your liver from making cholesterol. So on top of statins, (laughs) yeah. All yeah. the, yeah. Statins will slowly kill you. Why would you block your liver from making one of the most important substances in your body? And
1: then, quick reference to Dr. Graveline's book, Lipitor, the Thief of Memory. He, he is a cardiologist to the uh, astronauts, and his cardiologist suggested he start using a statin. And after a while, he realized his memory was disappearing.
0: He couldn't find his way home one night. Yeah,
1: he couldn't find it. This is a cardiologist to the astronauts. He insists
0: on elevated cholesterol before a man or woman can go into space. Their brains won't work without it. Yep. And also check out the website, space.com. Space space doc. doc, Like doctor. Space and then doc, D-O-C, dot com. This is the website of the cardiologist who takes care of our astronauts. And the body's ability to heal is greater than anyone has permitted you to believe.
1: Amen. Absolutely.
0: It just needs a little love.
1: And a lot of fat.
0: (laughs) Okay. Don't forget to go to ForbiddenDoctor.com and take our free symptom survey. You get a free phone consultation about your nutritional health, and it's all totally free. Just go to our website and take the test, take the survey, And thank you so much. This is the end of
1: this. This is. Yeah, we did it. We did it. This is the first one in four months. (laughs) It's probably the longest one we've ever done, but we had a lot to make up for.
0: Yes, we did. So you can listen to this in parts. So again, thanks for listening to the forbidden information and our forbidden podcast. If you like what we're doing in these podcasts, you can support us by leaving a positive review or a comment or a question at the end of the podcast. Come on, guys. We need more comments at the end of these podcasts. Tell your family and loved ones and yourself to go to forbidden VIP to listen to a short presentation that explains all the incredible and amazing benefits of our wonderful VIP membership. I wish we had more time to talk about how we've been helping so many people with this membership one on one help so they and you can start to heal outside of the prevailing notion that healing only happens with drugs for everything and, and drugs, drugs for, for anything. anything. So please read this disclaimer and join us next time for another in-depth discussion of forbidden knowledge. We will see. Yeah, it won't
1: be four months. <laughs> we'll have one out here before. Long.
0: And we will see you then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast. If you are curious about long life energy enzymes or ageless thyroid, you can purchase them without a membership from our website at forbiddendoctor.com or get our enzyme formula from amazon.com by searching the full term, long life energy enzymes. Don't forget to take our obligation-free symptom survey to get a free personalized supplement protocol recommended for you by Dr. Jack, Mary, or one of our qualified nutritionists. Take the survey, Get a call from our nutritionist to create a protocol and a patient login. Then use that login to see your own personal protocol along with any favorites you've saved from our symptom library. Remember, our website and our clinic are here for you always.